quickly as possible was the philosophy of the maternity unit at the Royal Infirmary, a policy approved of by accountants as much as by medical opinion. The accountants would have preferred it if nobody were in hospital at all, empty beds being less of a drain on the state's resources than those occupied by patients, while doctors, for their part, understood that recovery was always quicker on one's own two feet. Isabel, as a second-time mother in good health, was judged to require only one night in hospital before being allowed home. That suited her, at least in some respects, as she found the atmosphere of the postnatal ward less than peaceful. Babies were no respecters of normal hours when it came to choosing their time of arrival, and the delivery suite, just down the corridor, was a noisy place. Deprived of sleep, she felt utterly exhausted, even more so than she had felt after the birth of Charlie, when she had endured a much longer and more difficult labour. She was a bit weepy too, and Jamie alerted at childbirth classes to the possibility of postnatal depression, exchanged an anxious word with one of the doctors. The response was reassuring. It's utterly normal to feel a little low after a birth, said the doctor, but we'll watch her. I'm sure she'll be all right. Jamie brought Charlie to the hospital to meet his new brother. Charlie, who was now almost four and every bit as articulate and aware as a child a year or two older, had been encouraged to talk about the arrival of a sibling, but had said very little about it. During the pregnancy, even while eyeing Isabel's increasing girth, he had been tight-lipped. You're going to have a brand new sister or brother, Jamie had said cheerfully. Lucky boy! Charlie, showing no sign of emotion, had changed the subject. I want to play football, he said. This provided Jamie with an opportunity. Just think, he said brightly. When the new baby comes, you'll be able to play football together. Think of how much fun you'll have. There was no response. And other games too, enthused Jamie. Hide and seek? Pirates? Pirates were a current interest at the time, but even the prospect of games of pirates evinced little response. Now, making their way into the maternity unit, Jamie clutching a bunch of flowers in one hand and leading Charlie with the other, the crucial first meeting was about to take place. I don't like hospitals, said Charlie, looking about him. I want to go home. But we must see Mummy, insisted Jamie. She's looking forward to seeing you. I want to go home. Jamie's tone became firmer. After we see Mummy and your new brother. Charlie shook his head. I haven't got a brother, he said. No brother. Yes, you have, said Jamie. You're very lucky. You've got a brother now and he's called Magnus. Isn't that a nice name, Magnus? A smelly name, said Charlie. Jamie gave an inward groan. He had been warned that this might not be easy, and when they reached the maternity ward, the extent of the problem became apparent. Isabel opened her arms to Charlie and embraced him warmly, but the small boy remained stiff and rigid, his arms firmly down by his sides. Kiss for mummy, said Jamie, catching Isabel's eye. Want to go, said Charlie. But you're going to say hello to Magnus said Jamie, with forced breeziness. There he is, look, 
That's Magnus right there. He pointed to the small crib beside the bed in which the wrapped bundle of Magnus lay. Charlie averted his eyes. Say hello to Magnus, said Isabel gently. I think he would love that. I've told him that you were coming to see him. He was very pleased. Charlie saw through this. He closed his eyes. Don't need a baby, he muttered. Isabel glanced anxiously at Jamie before turning to Charlie. She stroked the small boy's cheek gently, only to have her hand brushed away. But darling, we're very lucky to have a baby, especially such a nice baby as Magnus. Your brother, you see. Your own very special brother. Don't want this baby, said Charlie. He can stay here. But we can't leave poor little Magnus in the hospital.